This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August 9th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Under a plan floated in Congress and supported by the Trump administration, the controversial and flawed E-Verify system would become mandatory nationwide. It's aimed at preventing illegal immigrants from working, but could instead put millions of Americans out of work. David Beer explains. Where have we been so far with E-Verify? What do we know about it? So E-Verify right now is really the government's attempt to create a national identification system for all U.S. residents. So it really includes anybody who has any kind of legal status in the United States, whether they be temporary workers or uh, U.S. citizens. And uh, an employer uses the system in order to verify whether the person has work authorization in the United States before hiring them. And so you run every new hire through uh, the E-Verify system, and it checks their social security number if they're a citizen or their uh, alien identification number if they're a non-citizen through the Department of Homeland Security or the Social Security Administration. And if that number doesn't match the name provided, uh, then it will uh, reject you uh, in the system. And then uh, there's a process for removing that person um, from their position if they're unauthorized to work. So what uh, error rates have we seen in the E-Verify system, even the, even though it's not a national – I mean, it's purported to be a national program, but it hasn't been rolled out nationally? Right. So the way it works right now is employers can use this voluntarily instead of going through the typical I-9 process. Uh, They still have to collect that I-9 information, but then they run it through uh, this this system in order to verify its accuracy. And so some employers like to use E-Verify in order to sort of weed out unauthorized immigrants. You know, they think it looks good. Uh, potentially to uh, people who care about that subject. And uh, what we've seen already through this voluntary use of E-Verify, roughly 30 million hires, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 uh, percent of all hires in the United States already go through the E-Verify system. So we already have a good amount of evidence on how often U.S. citizens and legal permanent residents uh, and other legal workers are denied a job as a result of errors in the system. And errors can come up either because you wrote your name sloppily and then your employer uh, typed it in incorrectly, or it can happen on the bureaucratic side where uh, your information was entered incorrectly or incompletely in uh, the Social Security Administration database. And uh, if either of those happens, you're going to be uh, rejected, at least initially, from employment. And so the system is um, very accurate in terms of, uh, you know, just on a relative basis. So 99.7% of all people who go through E-Verify are instantly approved for work. Uh, But the problem is if you apply a 
99.7% accuracy rate to 30 million people, then you're talking about 60,000 or so people who are denied work every year uh, simply because of an error in a government database. And then they have to go to the Social Security Administration office or the Department of Homeland Security and say, no, I'm actually a U.S. citizen. You know, something went wrong. I don't know what. And try to sort out uh, the mess. And so on a relative basis, it's accurate. But uh, when applied to so many different employees, you're ultimately going to end up with a lot of errors in the system. And if it's mandatory for all new hires, you're talking about three times as many people being caught up in this process. So how many people, uh, repeat that if you would, how many people went through the process in those 10 years that you talked about? So from 2006 to 2016, you had roughly 25 million people going through uh, the system each year. I think in 2016, you had about 33 million, so it's increased over time. And uh, of them, you had somewhere around 60,000 people being denied work initially uh, when they first applied. Per year, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what is the what are the due process implications here? It seems that for people who are erroneously rejected by this system, their only recourse is to not work or go try to uh, plead with a bureaucracy to get their information changed. That's right. So those are your only two options if you uh essentially refuse to go through the process of trying to sort out whatever the mistake was, uh, the employer has to fire you uh, or risk being fined for hiring someone without authorization. And so uh, really, it's, it's a voluntary basis right now for employers, but it's really not voluntary for the employee. If you're put through E-Verify, uh, you have to go and, and figure out whatever the issue is if you're not authorized uh, to work. And so, yeah, I mean, it's really denial of one of our basic rights uh, by virtue of government error. And, um, you know, that's that's really the nature of the system. And if it's made mandatory, like I said, you're really going to be talking about uh, hundreds of thousands of people uh, more than one and a half million people over 10 years are going to be denied work as a result of this system, at least for some period of time. Yeah, being able to go out and earn income seems about as fundamental as a right gets. Yeah, I always push back uh, against proponents of E-Verify and say, imagine if this was applied to some other right that we hold dear. Imagine it was applied to your Second Amendment rights in order to uh, purchase a gun in the United States, you'd have to pass through this system that's flawed, and you had 100,000 people being denied their right to uh, possess a firearm as a result of errors in this in this system. And, uh, you know, th- then you really start driving home the point that why don't we apply E-Verify to gun rights? You know, if we don't want illegal aliens to be working, why would we want them to own a gun? Why would we want them to 
possess housing? Why would we want them to buy a car or open a bank account? And then you start seeing the privacy implications of the system, where really there's no limit to the logic of E-Verify that limits it just to employment. If it starts being applied to bank accounts and guns and housing and uh, healthcare, you really start getting a profile of all of our lives, uh, essentially. And you know the government can have the on-off switch for all of those rights, and it could flip it on or off at any time. And you can imagine um, people, uh, or I should say, and you can imagine uh, the government attempting to apply special privileges to being approved versus not being approved. Well, uh, of course. You could imagine them adding as many different qualifiers as you want. You have to, uh, you know, deadbeat dads, no employment. Uh, you know, felons, uh, no right to health care. I mean, you could add as many different um, little knobs and components to this system as you want. Right now, it's employment authorization, uh, but really there's, there's limitless possibilities for a national ID system of this type. And, uh, you know, the errors just highlight the fact that our fundamental rights are really at the discretion of a government bureaucracy. And uh, we're guaranteed, if we make this system mandatory, to be denying more than a million people over 10 years their right to work uh, for some period of time. If you expand it to other, you know, other aspects of our lives, uh, it's, it's guaranteed that we're going to have similar problems in those areas and uh, really give the government the power over our lives in a way that they don't have right now. So um, what does the Legal Workforce Act do? Well, the Legal Workforce Act uh, would make E-Verify mandatory for all new hires in the United States. Right now, it's used by employers voluntarily, certain mostly major corporations, large businesses, small businesses don't use the system. Um, and it would uh, impose $10,000 fines uh, or even prison terms for failure, intentional failure, to use the E-Verify system to verify the hires that they're making um, at their their company. What does it mean to have your, even if you do are ultimately approved for working in the United States, what does it mean to have uh, your status delayed? I mean, what, what are the potential ramifications of that? So if you are not approved uh, to work, then you have to, uh, within two weeks, sort out whatever the error is. Um, and uh, under this uh, Legal Workforce Act, if you failed to figure out whatever the problem is within 10 days, uh, the employer would have to fire you. And uh, really, that would be the end of the situation until you figure out uh, whatever you know, whatever the issue was. Um, and, you know, if the employer doesn't tell you uh, that you have received this uh, non-confirmation to work, then you're really in trouble because then your application goes in the garbage can and you don't even know why. And you would, you know, lose that position 
entirely, and you would not uh, even know to go to the Social Security Administration and try to figure out what the issue is. So someone who is perfectly eligible for employment in a moral sense uh, is would find themselves just out of luck and have no knowledge that this is the process that they've been they've gone through. Right. So eighty three percent of the uh, people who ultimately wrongly get uh, what's called a final non confirmation. Uh, you know, you are completely rejected, and if the employer continue, continues to hire you, you uh, that employer is is subject to fines. In that scenario. Uh, 83% of those, about 100,000 over the last decade, this has happened to, 100,000 legal workers have received final non-confirmations. 83% of those uh, happen because the employer just puts the application in the trash can and uh, doesn't tell the employer or the employee that uh, they've not been confirmed to work. What else does the uh, Legal Workforce Act change with respect to E-Verify and people who are, again, uh, ought to be eligible to work under this program? Right. So under current law, if you are uh, receive this initial non-confirmation, you have the opportunity to go to the Social Security Administration office. You might have to take time off of work in order to do that. Um, but under current law, the employer cannot... Uh, simply set your application aside while you go through the process. And the process could take months. Uh, There's not good statistics on how long it takes on average. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's something that could take uh, months to figure out. And uh, under current law, you're allowed to work during that time. Uh, But the Legal Workforce Act allows employers to essentially take your application and because of a government error, put it to the side and not hire you uh, for months. And uh, you lose wages during, you know, throughout that time as a result of this program. And uh, that would really be an increased penalty on legal workers that doesn't exist in current law. David Beer is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. Thank you.